All right. So today we are going over how to increase your faith in seven it's faith and focus in seven days. All right. So let's get it. Uh, welcome. My name is Calvin, the holistic leadership coach, uh, teaching principles based on teaching, teaching and training leadership through biblical principles. So I live by this one quote right here, uh, primarily. Uh, this is something I use to teach my kids, so that I teach in leadership when I'm in my corporate job, and I live life by this. The way you do anything is how you do everything, okay? Uh, what is a holistic leader? Is an individual, man or woman, that has a covenant relationship, a covenant relationship with God, being whole and complete in their identity. You know who you are. You know whose you are. You also have a clear purpose, duty, and actively grow and lead and leading those that God has given you the honor to lead. That, my friend, is a holistic leader. And if you check out the spelling, you know, I say holistic leader, but you see that right there. Holy. Okay. So what are we going to cover today? Well, we will cover what is faith. What is the opposite of faith, right? We'll also cover uh, focus, uh, how to get your focus and avoid distractions. What is the power of faith? How to increase your faith with examples and steps, right? As well as how you can increase your level of faith and become focused and get answers to questions, uh, being in business, being in your personal life, being in relationships, finding your purpose in God, right? We're going to get you those answers. Let me move this out my way. Move that up here. Here we go. All right. And how you can increase your level of faith and get the answers from God. So that's what we're going to cover. Now, disclaimer. I'm going to read this. Uh, I have not created or unlocked what I'm about to share with you guys. I'm going to. What I'm what I'm gonna do is what any any other person could do. Okay, I open up my Bible with intentions to find answers and put to practice what I found. So I will also share personal experiences as well. So let's get started. I like to open with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you with our Son in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, God, for this time that we get to fellowship in your Word, this training, uh, this experience, oh Father God, this. Bible study. Lord, I pray that this lesson, this teaching, this training is for the betterment of your people, that people may get a better understanding of their focus, of how to have faith and grow their faith, grow closer to you and find their purpose and passion moving forward. In your name, we pray. Amen. Let's get it. What is faith? Well, Hebrews chapter 11 Verse one through six. Now, what is faith? It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. For by the elders obtained good report. Through faith, we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. So that everything, so, so that things which are seen were not made by the things which do appear. By faith, Abraham offered unto God more a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained a witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gift 
and by it, he being dead yet speaks. That's by faith. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had his he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek them, seek him. Lord have mercy. That's something good right there. If you read this whole chapter, this is what they call the uh, Hall of Fame, the Hall of Faith, right? The Hall of Faith. Um, now, what do we get from that? All right. We get that faith, right? I'm, I'm going to stay here. That faith is active. It's active belief. Okay. Active belief. Uh, everything we saw in here, let me go right back. What we saw in here. There's actions behind it. It's a thing. Okay. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. That's the future tense. And the elders obtained a good report. Faith being understood, the world was framed by, oh my Lord. Now let's get right here in four. By faith, Abel offered. What did he do? By faith, he offered unto God an excellent sacrifice, a more excellent, excellent sacrifice than Cain and obtained a report for righteousness. God testified, and he still testified. Enoch, verse five, Enoch was translated. In other words, he didn't even die, okay? But before he died, he had this report that he pleased God. That's action words, okay? And we also see that, boom, without faith, it's impossible to, it's impossible to please God. So first, faith is active. It's active belief. Second, we see that Faith is belief moving, acting towards, moving towards a positive outcome that is not seen. Okay. So, okay. I, I just want to make sure we get that. A positive outcome that is not seen, future tense, faith is moving towards that. Faith is an active belief, meaning that you move. And number three, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay. Now, let's go down a little bit more. I think we can sum it up with this. Active faith towards a positive outcome will cause you to seek and please the most high. Okay? That is what I get. My uh, collaboration or putting together of what the scripture showed us here. Okay? Active faith towards a positive outcome that causes you, causes us, to seek and please God. Okay. Now, but there are two other types of faith. Okay. If we go to James, James chapter two, verse 14, James chapter two. See, this is, this is a little background because I want to make sure that we have an understanding on what faith is and what it ain't. Right. James chapter two, we're going to go verse 14. Uh, that's what it is, 14 through 17. All right. And act, there's two types of faith. One is an active with three other types of two other types of faith, meaning three into all. OK, we got good faith. We have an active faith or dead faith. 
And then we have demonic faith. Okay. We're going we're gonna to get there. So, James. Chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. And it reads, what doeth it profit a brother? My what does it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he has faith and have not works, can faith save him? Question. If a person says they have faith but aren't doing anything with their faith, right? Their faith isn't showing anything, it's not active, right? Can it save him? Verse 15. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of food, of daily food, in other words, they're starving, they don't have clothes. And one says unto them, depart in peace, be warm and feel. Notwithstanding, ye give them not those things that they need for their body. What does it profit? In other words, you saying all this, I'm praying for you. I'm looking out for you. I hope the best for you. But we're not giving what's necessary. We're not standing in the gap. Our faith is not tied to the action of actually helping. One, one thing that my coach actually taught me is the best way that you can actually help a person is by helping a person, right? It's so simple. The easiest way to prove to someone that you can help them is by actually helping them, okay? So if you got faith in a thing, let your actions show, right? So what does it profit? Nothing. Verse 17, even so faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. So that, that clearly puts down right here that that's another type of faith, dead faith. Now, what about this demonic faith, right? Well, if you go stay in James, and we'll slide down to James chapter 2. Verse 19, it says, Thou, even though you believe, thou believest that there is one God, thou does as well. At least you think you're doing good because you believe there's one God, right? The devils also believe and tremble. Hold up. So it's saying that even the devils believe that there's one God. The Bible does say, that every knee, every, every knee and every tongue shall bow and confess, right? Even the devils know that there is one God. Now look at it. Now, right here, it says, a belief that God is, but their actions, the demons or demonic faith, this can be a person as well that has demonic faith, they believe that God is, believe that he is, but their actions are direct in direct opposition to the will of God. In other words, they go against the fruit of the spirit, which means what? They, their actions are meant to steal, kill, and destroy the work of the people of God, the children of God, and the will of God. That's demonic faith. Now, you believe that God is, uh, you do what I, well, I just read that. Now, there's also other, I don't, this training might go long. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that up front. So there's also other resources you can go in and you can see examples here of where the demons, whenever a person is, um, what you call, 
the a person is possessed, right? And Jesus or the disciples, be it Paul or you know, the 12, they pray, they lay hands on the person, and the demon obeys. The demon, the demon has to go. Why? Because the demons have faith. They know who God is and who what his authority is, so they must obey and they must flee. Uh now, so what's the opposite of faith? Let's 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 get down to that. What's the opposite of faith? We just went over two different types of faith, right? We went over two different types, three different types of faith, real faith, solid. Then we got um we're dead, dead faith, right? Then we have demonic faith. But what is the opposite of faith? Uh the opposite of faith, that means it's a belief. Because as we as we discuss here, active faith towards a positive outcome willing that a positive outcome that will cause you to seek and please the most high. That's faith, right? That's that good faith. Now, the opposite of that would be a belief towards a negative, a negative or undesired outcome. What would that be? Well, by definition, it could only be one thing, doubt. Doubt is the biggest thief that we have to faith. It's doubt. We, <clears throat> will you believe God and his word, i.e. faith or doubt? What the enemy says, what the world says, and every fear that you have or think, are you going to believe that? This is going to be the catalyst for if you're growing in faith, moving towards God, growing to the next level, or you allowing doubt to seep in. Everybody, as I went, I tried to go live early, but my audio was terrible uh, and I had to drop a video. But let me uh, bring me up. But what I also, uh oh, trying to get out the. So, boom, 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 boom. We're going to go here. Anyway, I tried to go live earlier. And uh, my audio was a little funky, so I did. I decided not to, and I made this video. And what I was saying is, I don't want anybody to get discouraged, because we all have times where we we mess up. We have times where we doubt, or we listen to doubt and not to faith. We have times where we aren't growing in the right direction, and our faith suffers. Our focus dwindles. And it's not for you to be discouraged. Everyone, I mean, everyone goes through it. You understand? So you must keep the faith and allow yourself to grow and yearn towards the father, right? I believe it's, um, uh, it's not Romans. It's not Romans. I had it in my head. It just, it just, I think it's Matthew 6. 33, where it says, seek you first the kingdom, right? And all and all his righteousness, his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. The thing is for us to grow in faith and trust in him, all things can be added. That means we can grow spiritually. We can grow and be better parents. We could be better leaders. We could be better in our relationships, uh, be a better husband, be a better wife. It's up to us to first seek him 
You know, a lot of times we find ourselves where we're trying to get the gift, right? We're praying for the gift, but we're not honoring the gift giver. So seek first the king. All right. Um, sorry, that was just something that was on my heart. I had to get it out. So back on it. All right. So boom. Now, what we have here, let's cut the head off the snake. Doubt, right? If you think about it, even back in Genesis, uh, what caused them to err was the what caused Adam and Eve to be cast out the garden. It was the serpent that came in and planted the seeds of doubt. And that's how he tricked Eve. So what stops faith? Doubt, fear, environment. Many times we find ourselves in situations where our environment is filled with negative people. It's filled with people that are pushing doubt. You know how they, they say, uh, don't let your left hand know what to, your left hand know what the right is doing, or don't um, tell everybody what you're going through um, and ask everybody to pray for you because everybody that prays for you ain't praying for you. Okay, those environments of negativity of, of people that have this doubt it drags and pulls us down where our faith faith can't flourish right um and fear fear what people say they, they have a fear of success or fear no it's not um I, I used to say that a lot it's not really a fear of success what it is it's a fear of what may happen right and if you dig deeper you will find that you don't even believe it's gonna work and because you don't believe it's going to work, you don't want to try. You don't want to go. So it's the, the seed of belief. It's doubt. People say, I believe, I believe, I believe. But are you believing faith? Or are you believing doubt? And then um, obviously we, we talked about doubt. So everyone focus. Uh, so everyone focuses on the attack. And there's so many different things. There's so many stimulus. We have distractions uh cell phones tv social media you can have whatever and whomever uh whatever your vice is whatever that thing is distractions distractions right um they they're, they're fighting for our focus right and it can be fear family scatterbrain um and one thing i say scatterbrain but it is something that most uh entrepreneurs suffer from is what we call shiny object syndrome. Every new thing that comes out, you think that's the key, but the key is unlocking your potential, trusting and believing in what God has placed inside of you so that you can grow, so that you can achieve, so that you can push through the negativity, that you can push through the doubt, that you can push through the fear. Be like Superman, rip your shirt and walk forward fly into danger because you believe the outcome will be greater okay um now but now the uh, so how how do we increase our faith and focus while blocking out doubt and distractions right all right now this is where we get started we're going through scripture we're going to go to luke chapter 17 and we're going to read one through 19 well that's that's what I want you to read. I'm going to try to make this as short as I can, because if I read all of this, it's going to take a while. So I said one through 19. 
that's that's context. I want you to get the context, but I'm going to start at like verse 11. OK. Just for the sake of time. So. Earlier in the scripture, we see right here. They uh, take heed. For, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to read it, man. Context is king. Um, so then said unto his disciples, it is impossible, but that offense will come. But woe unto him, though I'm I'm, I'm gonna help a few people out. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for for some guys, so ladies and gentlemen. Just just for the sake of uh, time, I'm gonna go to the amplified version. Okay. Uh, Jesus said unto his disciple, stumbling blocks, temptation, and traps set to lure one from sin are sure to come. What are we talking about? Temptation traps are set lure to uh, temptation and traps are set set to lure one away. Those are the stumbling blocks. Blocks are sure to come, but whoa, judgment is coming to him through whom caused they, they to come. Whoever putting those stumbling blocks, woe to them. It would be better that a millstone, like a giant large brick, right, uh, as large as a donkey. Uh, were hanging around their neck and hurled into the sea. It'd be better if that happened to him than the judgment that's coming. Then for him to cause one of these little ones to stumble and sin and lose faith. Oh boy. Pay attention and always be on guard, looking out for one another. This is the power of community. Uh, if your brother and sister is, your, uh, your brother sin is disregards God's precept solemnly warn them let them know what's up uh if he repents and changes forgive him even if he sins again seven times a day and turns to you seven times and say i repent you must forgive him Ooh, that's heavy right that that gives up uh that is giving up the this is a breakdown right here. every time it's in quotation is it's given like a, a breakdown in the amplifier so verse five my apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. This is what we're looking for, right? This is what we're looking for. The apostle said, increase our faith, the ability to confidently trust God and his powers, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you have confidence abiding, if you have faith in God, even as small as a mustard seed, uh-oh, this is where everybody goes first. So I, this is obviously where I went, right? Uh, if you have Faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, which has very strong roots, be pulled up by the root and planted into the sea. It would have it would have obeyed you. Which of you, which of you who has a servant plowing and tending sheep, will say unto him, Come from the field? Matter of fact, I'm gonna go back up for a second. Because there's something I want to give you guys from this right here. It says, if you have faith in God as a mustard seed, that's what the amplifiers say. I'm going to give you the King James real quick because this, this right here is, <laughs> this is something people miss out on. All right. So we at verse, an apostle said, increase our faith. Right here, verse six. If you have faith as a, as a grain of mustard seed, he didn't say 
a faith as small as a mustard seed. That's not what he said. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Now, I went and I did a little research, okay? I did a little research. And this mustard seed is a little different, okay? This mustard seed, oh, this mustard seed has some, some attributes, I say it like that, right? That a lot of folks don't get a mustard seed. A mustard seed is an ancient plant. And all it's formed to shoot the leaves, the flowers. Matter of fact, I'm going to share this. I want you guys to see this as well. I want you guys to see this as well. Me. You got to get it. You got to get it. Because I looked this up and I was like, oh, okay. So right here, this is fine gardening. Did a little Google search and this came up, right? So it said even to shoot the leaves or the flower, the mustard seed, the powder or prepare as a flavor is a nice, nice flavor or whatever. You can eat it all, right? Low fat. And the seeds are used for pickling, like for preserving. Okay. For preserving. The seeds have a, have antioxidants. They have healing properties. Um, Also in California wine country, and this is something we think about scripture that makes a ton of sense. If you were in wine country, you would see a lot of these flowers planted. Why? Because mustard seeds repel insects. It keeps away, uh, it's beneficial to keep away predators uh, from chewing up the vines. And also, whenever, uh, whenever a farmer plants mustard seeds, into the into a field what it does is it acts as a natural fertilizer mustard mustard seed it acts as a natural fertilizer it refertilizes the ground it refertilizes the ground it re- revigorates the the earth the soil so that the ground is fertile your faith, like a mustard seed, has the power to invigorate you, the soil that you are, so that you can be fruitful, so that you can bring forth increase and abundance in your life and out of the works of your hand for the king's sake. If your faith is like that mustard seed with those antioxidants and healing properties that that. Every part of it can be used. The mustard seed grows into a plant where you can eat the shoot. You can eat the flower. It can be as garnished on a salad. The leaves, everything is obtainable. There is nothing lost when it comes to your faith. I just wanted, I had to go there. Little sidebar, little sidebar. But take it, remember it. Because your faith is necessary for your success on various levels. The deeper you go, the more it matters, the more it means. Okay. So, uh, boom. Let's get back. Let's get back. Boom. So, we're still on verse six. I told you this was going to be a little. So, uh, you can say to the sigma, uh, I'm going to go back to the amplifier for you guys. Boom. 
Okay, verse seven. Which of you who has a servant plowing and tending sheep will say unto him, Come from the field, come at once and sit down, come at once and sit down to eat? Will he not instead say, Prepare something for me to eat? Um, appropriately clothe himself for service and serve me while eating and drink. Af then afterwards, you may eat and drink. That's what a servant would do, correct? He does not thank the server just because the servant, just because he did what he was ordered to do, does he? Uh-oh, uh-oh. So you too, when you have done everything that you are assigned and commanded and commanded you, we are worthy servants. We have merely done what we ought to do. A lot of people are looking for praise or looking for attention for things when they're supposed to do it anyway, right? Now we're going to keep going. I don't. I don't want to stop again <laughs> until it's a nugget, right? But there's so much in here. Excuse me. Now, the ten leopards, and Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He was passing along the border between Samaria and Galilee as he entered a village. He said he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance because lepers, you know, they, they, they're unclean. And if they touch somebody, then they're unclean. And they rose their voice and cried out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. He didn't touch them. He didn't. He, he said, go and show yourself to the priests. Who? And as they went, they were miraculously healed and made clean. As they were walking away, they asked for help. They asked to be healed. They were, and he told them, go show yourself to the priest. What? Right? Because the priest got to let somebody know if they're clean or not, right? And as they were walking away, <laughs> as they were walking away, Lord have mercy. One of them saw that he was healed. He turned back, glorifying and praising, honoring God with a loud voice. I can see the shout now. And he laid his face down at Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over. He was a Samaritan. And when Jesus asked, where were not 10 of you clean? Where are the other nine? Right. He was no one found to return and give thanks and praise to God except this foreigner. Lord have mercy. This is a different level of faith, guys. This is a different level of faith. They asked, they asked to be healed, but when the person recognized where the healing came from, the one turned back. The one turned back. And many times that's how it's going to be, right? There's, Lord have mercy. I'm sorry. Um, but he knew he knew what was up. Now, um, next next scripture we're gonna go into. Lord have mercy. I stopped at seventeen. Did I get the ninth? Okay. Jesus said, "Get up and go. Your faith has restored you to health." Jesus said, "Get up, go on your way. Your faith, your faith, your personal trust in me, your confidence in the power of God, your faith." has restored you to hell. Lord, when I tell you that your faith can do some things, 
You better activate it. You better activate it. Okay? Now, you, you may be, I, we're going to keep going because I want to make sure you catch it. Now, how do we increase our faith, though, right? That's that's what we want to know. So let's go to Matthew 16. Uh, I said, got 16, 14 through 21. Okay? Um, boom, Peter, I'm, I got a context. I got to start at 13. Now Jesus, uh, now Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi and asked his disciples, who do the people say that the son of man is? In other words, who am I? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of man, the son of the living God. That's what I meant to say. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for the flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but the father who is in heaven. And I tell you that Peter on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell should not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loose. Oh, man. Shall be loosed in heaven. Then he, he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Right? And boom. Uh, I said 26. Yeah, I got a little bit ways to go. <laughs> For the time of Jesus began to show his disciples that he, he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. In other words, he was telling you, I'm, I'm about to get murdered. I'm about to be crucified and I'll be rise on the third day. Uh, and verse 22, and Peter took him aside and begged and rebuked him. Like, Lord, don't, <laughs> this don't need to happen. Right? Uh, far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. In other words, I'm 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 ready to ride or die. I'm with you. I'm with you, pops. We we I'm I, Peter. You know he was a little gangster. He carried a sword. He was ready to cut folks' ears off and whatnot. Peter's like, nah, this ain't gonna happen to you. But guess what? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> but guess what happened? But he turned and said to Peter, Jesus did, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. But you are not settled settling your mind on the things of God, but the things of man. Uh oh. Now, what happens now? As we look above, we saw that Peter got the answer right. He sat with the disciples, he gave the answer right. He told Jesus, Yo, you're the son of God. No man told him, he felt like he was on it. Jesus then gave him a little, you know, little pat on the back, tell him on this, on this rock. Is what I'm building my church on. Peter was feeling himself. He's like, yo, I'm in here. This ain't going down. They ain't taking, they ain't taking my mans out of here because y'all on this rock on me, like the church getting built, right? So, <laughs> excuse me. So obviously, um, excuse me. So obviously, Peter is like, yo, we got to keep this going. So he come to Jesus on the low saying, nah. I ain't gonna let I ain't let nothing happen to you. But Jesus knows his purpose. He knows his identity. 
He knows his call. And what did he say to Peter? He said, Satan, get behind me. Get out of here. You're wrong. You can't stop what the will of God is. And many times we allow people to bring forth that level of doubt. Mm -hmm. We allow that level of doubt to sneak in, to, to come in and take us off track, to bring forth a level of error, to bring forth that doubt, to make us pull back and say, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should just run the bag up on this and make this, <laughs> make this my little hustle. Now, Jesus knows his identity, right? And he said, what did he tell Peter? He didn't just leave Peter and call him Satan. He said, for you are not settled in your mind of the things of God, but on the things of man. Mm, Lord have mercy. He called, he read them like a book, right? And then Jesus told the disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me. Okay. So now context wise, what was he talking about? What did he just say to Peter? He said, for you are not settling your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Then he told his disciples, the group, if you would, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me where to the kingdom of God, the purpose of God. Oh my goodness. For whatsoever 25 verse 25, it says, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Lord have mercy. We have a misunderstanding on what life and death is. Okay. Let me, let me come back to you. We have a misunderstanding on what life and death is. Many times we focus on uh, like, like in Genesis where the, the serpent was talking to, Adam, to Eve, right? And told her, oh, you won't surely die. You won't surely, like, how, what's a partial death? What is death? The definition for death biblically, scripturally, when we talk about death, is a separation from the spirit of God. Separation from the spirit of God is the death. It is the final death. It is it is death. When we die to the, the mortal body, it is not uh, that that is our physical death, right? True death is final. The physical death is only a transport. I need to say a transportation, a a jumping off point, like, like they say in Black Panther, right? <laughs> but um, what it, what it truly is, is a, a stepping stone, right? It is how a baby, when a baby is in this mother's womb, it's developing. That's the only world that that baby knows, right? It's the only world that the baby knows, Jesus. And whenever the baby is birthed into this world, right? Out of its mother's womb, the baby comes into this world. It must die to the previous world that it has known for nine months or, or the gestation period of pregnancy, right? And it's the same thing for us. We are not off bodies. We are not flesh and blood. This is where we reside. This is like our mother's womb. Our body is but a representation of where we are now, okay? 
But when we go to the next stage in life or of existence, we have an opportunity to have a higher life. And that life is made through connection with Jesus Christ. Through him, through the will of the father, through connection, through relationship, through covenant. But when we separate from him, that is when we have death. Okay. Oh, my. I, I got a little deep tonight. <laughs> Get a little deep tonight. So what I want what I want to give you now is I don't want you to miss it. It's that whoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, this this is a, a secret right here. This is a tip. This this is giving you a pre sip on what it's going to take for you to increase your faith and your focus. Right. Whoever tries to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. We're going to get into that now. Uh, next verse, next verse. We got Matthew 17. Okay. Matthew 17 and Mark nine. It is the same, uh, story, the same, uh, uh, account, right? But Mark has the, the, the words that's going to wrap the bow on it. I say it like that. Okay. So right here, and Matthew 14, uh, Matthew, not Matthew 17, verse 14 through 21, we have um, this little boy is possessed. Okay. Uh, he, he has seizures. He's fallen in fire. Um, and his dad comes and he's like, yo, your disciples, you know, I brought my son to your disciples. And he, they couldn't do nothing with him. Okay. And Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and twisted generation. He hot. How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And the boy was healed instantly. And when the disciples came to Jesus privately, they said, why could not we cast it out? Why couldn't we do it? And he said to them, because you will of your little faith because of your little faith. Okay. You catch that because of your little faith. We talked about increasing faith. Boy, truly I say unto you, if you have faith, like a mustard seed, he didn't say as small as people misinterpret description. He said, faith, like a mustard seed. We dug into what that mustard seed do. The, the properties, the, the antioxidants, it's even said that uh, it has healing properties. It can fight against cancer. Um, you can make mustard with it. You can you, you can make fancy mustard with it. You get expensive mustard with it. You could um, fertilize, refertilize the ground. You can, every part of it is edible. Nothing is lost. The mustard seed, it is fertilizer to the soul. It is fertilizer to the vineyard. Ooh, this, that's good. It's fertilizer to the vineyard, okay? Uh if you have faith like a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, move here, move there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. He said, nothing will be impossible for you. Mm. Now, what, what happened in Mark is 
it, I said Marcus, what happened in Mark is a little bit different. We get a little bit more context and details on what happened. So I'm going to start at 14. We're going to read to 29. It said, and when it came, when he came to the, his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioned them. And straight away, all the people which they had beheld were greatly amazed and running towards him and saluting him. Oh, like, hey, Jesus, what's up, Jesus? Hey, Lord. Right. <laughs> and he asked the scribes, what questions ye, ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, we brought unto thee my son. And he, we brought to thee, we brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. And wherever, wherever, wheresoever we take him, he tear, he tears, teareth him. The spirit is making this boy hurt himself. Okay. And he foams, he gnashes with his teeth and pitted the way and are, and I, sp I spake with your disciples and they should cast it, cast out the demon. Right. And they couldn't. And he answered and said, Oh, faithless generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring them to me. And they brought him to him. And when he saw him straight away, the spirit tear and threw the boy and the boy, he fell on the ground. The little boy fell on the ground and wallowed in foam. And he, this is Jesus, asked his father, how long is how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child his whole life, long time. And oftentimes he cast himself into fire and into water to destroy him. What did we say about the demons? They have no mission but to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? Um, to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if thou canst believe, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe. And straight away, the father, father cried out, of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe help my, help my unbelief. Ooh, that's real right there. A lot of people saying they believe and yeah, I believe, I believe, I believe, but they're not being real. This father said, yes, I believe you, but I want you to help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw the people came running together and he rebuked, rebuked the fool spirit, Saying unto him, thou dumb and deaf spirit, thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried out and rent with sore and came out of him. And he was as one who was dead, insomuch that many said that he was dead. And Jesus took him by the hand, picked a, grabbed, a little boy by, grabbed a boy by the hand, right? Lifted him up and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why can't we, why can't we cast him out? And he said, this kind comes forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting, brothers and sisters, by prayer and fasting, my brothers and sisters, is the secret. Is the secret sauce to you increasing your faith. For you going to the next level, for you 
getting your focus, for you gaining an understanding of what God has for you, your purpose is through prayer and fasting. This was not no trick marketing, okay? This was real. Seven days, you can increase your faith in seven days. I'm going to go through some more scripture. I'm not going to read them, but I'm going to give them to you for homework, okay? I'm going to give you some scriptures. And yeah, because we write it an hour now. I'm going to give you some scriptures. But what we're going to, what you're going to see through these scriptures is that through fasting, through prayer, by diligently seeking him, by diligently seeking him, feeding the spirit man, like in um, Romans, Romans chapter eight, I believe it is Romans chapter eight. Let me pull it up. On, I'm not going to put it up on the screen, but Romans chapter eight, it talks about the the spirit man in the flesh, right? Where we, if, if you read, it's called a Romans road, chapter six, seven, and eight, okay? What happens is it, it breaks down how there's two entities in every one of us fighting. It's the spirit man and the flesh. The flesh, is, it connects us to this world. And by being connected to this world, our feelings and our emotions and the experiences of this world seem to take in the forefront. It's right in our face, right? But whenever you feed the spirit man, what happens is you become more inclined with the spirit and the will of God, not on the things of man. Like Jesus told, uh, told Peter, right? It's coming together. Like Jesus told Peter, it's not about your uh, what 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 the desires of man is, what the world says, but what God says, what his will, what his purpose is for you. It's completely on you to submit or not, not even submit. OK, this, this, this submit is a word that causes people to, you know, rile up it sometimes. Right. But this is seek ye first the kingdom of God. Right. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things shall be added to you. In other words, everything that you have a desire for, you know, the spiritually abundance, uh, 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 riches, wealth, all that stuff can be added to you. But first, you must be in alignment with him. OK, now what happens is when we are connected to the world we that's why shiny object syndrome catches a lot of us because we're looking for something outside of ourselves versus connecting with the community connecting with people that truly care for you connecting with a pastor with a preacher with a coach with a teacher someone that truly has your best interest in mind and wants to see you grow i honestly find joy in helping people I find joy in seeing people that are struggling with situations they've been struggling with for years have that aha moment, that moment of clarity, that moment of clarity where they open up their eyes, the scales fall off their eyes, and they can see clear. That can happen with a conversation. It can happen, as we saw in Scripture, when, when, when the Samaritan 
was healed. He could go show yourself to the priest. He faith, boom, he's walking, healed. He hold up, bro. I ain't lepers. And he run back to Jesus and give thanks. That's a conversation. That's a sentence. But see, with fasting, with prayer, with diligently seeking God, denying your flesh, denying you, denying yourself, picking up your cross and following him, you will increase your faith. Now, there are many different types of fast. There's a three-day fast, three-day fast. There's seven-day fast. Some people do eight days because the number of completion, Um, 21-day fast, usually uh, connected with like the Daniel fast. Uh, And there was three 40-day fast, three 40-day fast. Um, Jesus Jesus did a 40-day fast. Uh, Elijah did a 40-day fast. And I want to say Moses did like three 40-day fast. And he might have did them back to back. But that scripture, you got to find that out. Now, what the goal of this live was for was to open up your mind your understanding to the will and the purpose of God for your life. If you're looking to increase your faith, brothers and sisters, please do more research. Check out some, I'm, I'm going to scroll. I'm going to put some scriptures up that you can write down screenshot um, in the live. It'll still be in the group. So you can come back, uh, pause it. Now look the scriptures up, read, but truly take action. If you have health concerns, if you're on, various medications where you got to eat food or do this or that, talk to your doctor. Okay. Talk to your doctor. But what a fast is, is the abstaining from food. Um, and usually with a three-day fast and scripture, they don't even drink nothing. They don't drink anything for three days. Um, but for a fast longer than three days, you drink water. Um, you can also drink like cranberry juice to help flush out the, and purity is not like that Welch's stuff, but like real cranberry juice. But it, it helps flush out your kidneys and the impurities in your body. But water, water, water. Um, what, what this is, this is not a diet, okay? This is not a diet. This is not about losing weight. This is not about clearing up your skin. But it happens. Um, what it's about is about diligently seeking God by seeking clarity, by taking off the blinders off your eyes, right? What you do, you abstain from food. This first off, let me, let me, I'm going to pull up the screen, uh, for what I got, I got wrote down cause I don't want you to miss it. Okay. Now I got examples of a fast right here. We got Saul. We got Saul. He got turned into Paul. This is Acts chapter nine. He got put on a three-day fast, right? He got knocked off a donkey. Jesus talked to him after he had been crucified, had resurrected and ascended. Paul had an interaction with Jesus, was blind for three days, was on a fast for three days. And when his eye vision came back, Whenever he was healed by Ananias, he was a new man. Three days. Jonah, Jonah had a fast. Jonah had a fast whenever he was on in the uh, belly of the beast, the belly of the fish, right? Whenever he got swallowed up by the fish, people say, well, when he was swallowed up, 
He was on a fast because he was in rebellion. He did not want to go and do because he thought the people of Nineveh should die. So he didn't want to, he didn't want to go preach to them because he knew they would repent. So he ran away. He ended up getting swallowed up in the belly of the beast, fasted for several days, came to a realization, did what he was supposed to do, went to Nineveh. Guess what they did? They fasted. They fasted and it brought forth repentance and clarity of their, their, their vision, right? And saved them. It saved their life. As I said, Jesus, Elijah, and Moses, they both, well, uh, Jonah, that was in uh, the book of Jonah. Uh, I believe it's chapter three, but you can read that whole deal. As I said, Jesus, he fasted for 40 days. Uh, whenever, right before he was tempted by Satan, uh, Elijah, he fasted for 40 days. Moses as well. Moses is in Exodus. In Exodus, I want to say it was like chapter 33, 34, somewhere in there. Uh, do your research. Now, um, Daniel, Daniel and the Hebrew boys, they went on, they did a fast, but their fast was a little different. This was what they call the Daniel fast. You look up in the book of Daniel with him and the other Hebrew boys, they would... <laughs> You got to you got to read. It. Look it up. Look it up. Daniel fast. Um, they it were put at the table of the king, bunch of food they weren't supposed to be eating anyway. Um, Daniel's, hey, what if we decide just to eat these vegetables and this and that to the third and not the king's table stuff? And people was like, yo, bro, if you don't eat this stuff, and you look bad. It's going to fall on us. So they went through it. And guess what? They looked even better. They were stronger. Um, so this is, this is it. Okay. There, there's so many other occurrences, but if you take the time and actually go on a fast, this is not a diet. Okay. This is not a diet. This is not missing food because you are busy and saying, you know what? I'm gonna call it a fast. That ain't how this works. You have to set aside and be set apart, die to your flesh and walk in the spirit. This is a fast. Okay. No food, only drink water. You can do cranberry juice. If you're looking for a resource about fasting, um, you can go to YouTube, check out Dr. Miles Monroe, uh, the brother <laughs> inspiration. I was so sad when brother died, but his resources on fasting are second to none. Okay. Um, the breakdown, what to do, how to do it. It's beautiful. Um, then, then when you eat, that anytime that you would eat, you dedicate that time to feed your spirit. So in other words, if you're not going to, when it, the times that you would normally eat, you will set a time for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? If you're fasting for three days, those times you're not going to eat, but you're not going to sit there sad faced. You're going to go into your prayer closet. You're going to go into study. You're going to go into prayer. You're going to go and give focused attention to seeking God. You're going to do what? You're going to read the Bible. You're going to pray and you're going to journal. You're going to write what you hear, what you see, what, what re revelations that you're getting from the word. <laughs> and, <clears throat> excuse me. and you will get some clarity, not some clarity, much clarity. And honestly, the first three days are the hardest. Okay. No exaggeration. They are the hardest. But as long as you drink plenty of water, the acid that's burning in your stomach that tells you when you're hungry, it's not that you're hungry. 
your stomach acid is starting to eat the food that is lining your belly. That's how this works. You will secrete stuff out your body that has been in your body for way too long. And you will get clear. You will truly get clear. This is not no game. This is not no gimmick. I have experienced this. The biggest movements in my marriage and my life coming from, um, you know, de dealing with the, with the day-to-day the -day life, with feeling discouraged or being stressed, praying for family members that were going through serious sicknesses in the hospital, on their deathbed, through prayer and fasting brought so many revelations, have brought supernatural experiences and brought clarity to my life. Okay. Seek direction from the Lord. Okay. Now that is it in a nutshell. As I said, let me, let me get one more time. I want you to make sure you get all of the, the examples. Make sure you get that guys. Make sure you get that, please. Um, right here. These are the scriptures we went over tonight. These are all the scriptures. <clears throat> I'm gonna make this a little bigger. Okay. Hope hope you guys got this. Screenshot it. Take a picture. All right. Now, action steps. Seek him. Seek him. If you are a baby in the faith, if you are a person that has fasted in the past and haven't fasted in a while, if you need help, if you need clarity, I offer clarity calls. Okay. These are free calls, no strains attached, none of that. This is a free call designed to help you. Okay. The best way to, for me to show you that I can help you is by helping you. Okay. Only thing you have to do is go in the comments, DM me, but go in the comments and say, hashtag need a call. Hashtag need a call. I'll contact you or you can just DM me directly. But what this clarity call to do, we will go over you, your situation, what you what you're dealing with, leadership wise, fam, whatever we talk about, whatever. But I'm not your therapist. But I will lead you or guide you down the journey of fasting, of growing and developing into a holistic leader. So if this was a blessing to you, I pray it was comment below, hashtag call it live, hashtag replay, whatever. But if you need a clarity call, put need a call and we'll have a conversation because my mission, my goal, my mission is to help you win, help you grow and be exactly who God designed you to be. Till next time, stay encouraged, stay positive and productive. Lights out.